right, so we are back. JD, how are you today? All good, man. Can, I got a request. Yeah, please do. You gotta start. You gotta start asking me something other than how are you today. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what you want to talk about. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, what did I eat today? What, man, everyone wants to know I think what JD's eating today. That's a good theme for this show. JD, what did you eat today? Nothing yet. Oh man, you're like, are are you on a fast? Is are you one of these fasters? No. If you want to be honest, um, me and one of my brothers, basically, we were out till 3 a.m. last night. Then I had an 8 a.m. meeting. JD. What are you doing at 3 a.m. in L.A.? Uh, me and a good friend of mine named uh, Frank Clark plays for the Seahawks. We went to college together. Frank Clark was in town. Yeah. Frank is from here. Are you uh, air some dirty laundry? Uh, we just had a good night, man. Yeah. Went over to One Oak, and you know we lived it up a little bit oh, last man. night. He was celebrating a good season, and it's so just, strange why you don't call me for these things. Oh man, <laughs> I, I just missed you. <laughs> <laughs> so, JD, do you, do you want to do the introduction today? Yeah, yeah, that's, let's that's do a that. good let's change of pace. Yeah, like I said, you know, I think talking about what I ate today would be a good introduction. Good segue because we are here with none other than the highly esteemed Chef Bill Blackburn. Bill, what's up? How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, it's good to have you here. <clears throat> Talk about what I ate this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I can't remember exactly how. I think another chef put us in contact with each other i think so yes anthony anthony, anthony zamora zamora right yeah. he was uh one of the nutritional chefs for the ramps yes 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 do do all chefs like each other or or it seems like you guys are a, comp a competitive bunch i think for the most part a lot of chefs like each other you know we're competitive but we're competitive in a different way we have our own like like I have my own internal competition going. I don't compete with other chefs per se. I just compete with ways to make myself better and stand out more. I'm sort of buying that. We'll see. We'll we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see as the day goes. On. Yeah, it's interesting. I think uh, I think similar in sports. You know how coaches have a fraternity with each other. Yeah, I, I kind of get that vibe because, like he said, another chef referred him. You know he. Anthony couldn't do the job. He was busy. So he was like, hey, I got somebody for you, though. So I think they stick together. Yeah, I think it, maybe it's like you have to earn respect, right? right? Exactly. Once, and once you earn it, right. then it's on. When you earn it, you know, they'll refer you out more. Like, for example, Anthony referred me to you. He referred me to Jared Goff, and I became Jared Goff's private chef. And he also referred me to uh, Clay Thompson. Yep. So last September, I worked with Clay Thompson for a month when he was in town. Okay. So if you're good or the other chefs, like you said, respect you, then they'll refer you out. Yeah. They're comfortable with you right. because you're not going to refer a knucklehead. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. What, what is Jared Goff eating this week? What do you say? You know, I actually, I texted him a couple of days ago. Uh, as I was watching some of his interviews. So I just texted him to make sure that he was getting plenty of rest and plenty of fluids. So he's probably eating whatever the team is eating, maybe at the hotel. Yeah. But I made sure that uh, last week when he, when he was in town, he had plenty of good things to eat and uh, some of his favorite foods to eat. So are the, are the instructions just drink as much water, stay hydrated? Stay hydrated and get rest. You know, continue with your regular routine that you do when you're at home. 
you know, don't get caught up in all the hype. Yeah. So just. Yeah. It just seems like it would be so easy. In the, I mean, two weeks is a long time of thinking about the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's a long time. And then when you fly in, you, you're bombarded with media requests and things like that. So I think uh, after Monday, they kind of calmed down and fell into their regular routine of, uh, you know, eating, resting, staying hydrated, and uh, just uh, going through their final walkthrough for the Super Bowl. Funny, we were talking the other day. Um, chef came over and cooked a sample meal for me and the family. <laughs> it was the first time trying his food, and obviously it was excellent. He, his reputation precedes himself, so <laughs> Thank it was you great. Very much. But we were talking about, you know, um, Jared and some of the guys and just how particular some guys are. Like one thing that stuck out to me that you were talking about was um, the consumption of protein, which is something every athlete obviously needs, especially a football player. Right. And you put me on to something new. I, that was the first time I heard of someone walking around eating Turkey burger. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's how he consumes his protein. Right. Well, a couple of years uh, a couple of years ago in the off season, I worked with John Carlos Stanton. And he is a workout freak. He's super fit. I got a chance to work out with him once and he is amazing in the gym. Takes his workouts and his uh, off season habits very seriously. And one of the things that he did, he wasn't really much into protein shakes, but he just every day had me making you know, turkey burgers, turkey burgers and chicken. So in between meals, when he wanted protein, instead of a protein shake, he would just grab a turkey burger and walk around eating it. No <laughs> bread, no dressing, no nothing, just a turkey burger. <laughs> so it was actually pretty cool because that, uh, you know, kind of changed the way I eat a little bit. So, you know, a lot of times I would make extra and I would take some home or take some with me. Yeah. And when I got hungry at seven or eight at night, yeah. I would eat a turkey burger. All right, all right, yep. all right. So it was good, you know, and, and then when you're, when you're cooking for athletes on a high level, it's kind of important that you kind of look somewhat the part. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> you have to be able to sell what you're doing. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we should back up and tell our audience a little bit about you and, and your work and your business. Sure. Uh, let, let's get into that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I really got into cooking at an early age. My my parents, both my parents actually cooked, uh, my mom and my dad. My dad would make us breakfast a lot on Sundays. So I came from a family that where the guys actually cooked. It was kind of normal. My older brother cooks. My One of my younger brothers is a firefighter. So he cooked a lot in the firehouse. So at an early age, actually in uh, middle school, I took cooking classes. So it was either shop, metal shop, or cooking classes. Mm -hmm. So there were no girls in shop, right? Mm -hmm. So I took the cooking classes. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things I learned how to make was French toast, and it was actually really, really good. So, you know, I kind of got the cooking bug at an early age. Um, so fast forward through college, uh, I went to Oregon State, just, you know, majored in uh, speech communications. And then after college, ended up going to culinary school. And that kind of... At first, it was just to get better, to make myself better, to understand, you know, the techniques of cooking, some of the fundamentals and stuff like that. But the more I got into it, the more I liked it. And Did you know where you were going or was this? No, no, no. no. I just thought I was just going to school, just yeah, cooking. What, what year was this? This was in 1996. 96. Yeah. It's 1996. You're just sort of figuring stuff out on the fly. Right, right. I actually had a regular corporate job. So, you know, going to culinary school at night and weekends was just kind of a hobby. So the more I got into it, the more I started looking at ways 
how to make this a career. So, uh, you know, I started talking to people that had a similar background that worked in corporate, that went to culinary school, and they actually started catering. So that's what I kind of focused on catering and then working as a private chef. Yeah. So I got into that. Did you know what you wanted? Like, were, were you aware that you were building a career? Did you know, did you want to be wealthy? Did you want to uh, impact the world? You know, what was going on in your head? No, it, it you know, I didn't necessarily have career aspirations at first. Uh, but as I got more and more into it, I thought, man, I can make this a career. So I started looking at markets that I can focus on. So I kind of wanted to focus on middle to high end type clients because I was used to eating kind of like middle to high end type food, mm -hmm. you know, working in corporate. So, you know, that was my taste. That was my starting point. You developed a palate. I developed a palate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I developed a palate and I worked that palate. <laughs> I remember the other day you were kind of hinting, well, not hinting at, but you were getting into this story we didn't get into as in depth that we're going to get right now but you said it was a point where you basically were like i'm not going to leave this corporate job until i really have something and then it was like a moment when you knew exactly yep so what i had to do i had a good salary in corporate with benefits so i had to get to the point where i had to build up my income to at least match or exceed the corporate income right. plus i had to have you know, work in reserves, right. right? So I couldn't just like straight out quit. Right. So I built up my funnel, so to speak, like we talk in sales. I built up my funnel and built up my base and pretty soon I was able to... And so what does funnel and base mean to you? Just building up uh, a, a network of referrals. And, what, and tell us more. That's our audience. Right. Was, <laughs> a network this. of referrals could yeah. be like I had catering jobs lined up, whether they be weddings or corporate events, birthday parties and things like that. So once I realized that I had enough reserves or my funnel was full with, you know, income that could replace my corporate income, I was able to leave the corporate job and dedicate my time full time to to catering and to working as a private chef and developing that. So what's that first step like? Like at the time you're known as I'm Bill and I work in corporate. Right. But how do you even approach like, you know, how do you even get to the point that you have a catering job? Like, you know, right. like how does that help? Yeah, you know what I would do is that I first started, uh, one of my first big catering jobs was a grand opening for a Mercedes Benz dealer. Okay. And you can't get too much higher than that. Right. That was like my third or fourth catering job. Right. And how I got that was that I went into a Mercedes dealer to buy a Mercedes. Oh. And I saw across the street that they were building a new dealership. Yeah. So I asked my salesperson, I said, you know, you guys are going to have a grand opening. Who's going to do that for you? So he put me in touch with the contact person, the owner's wife, and I went in and talked to her. And I presented myself and my company in such a way that she thought that I was actually doing it for like six or seven years. Mm -hmm. And during the interview, I said, please don't ask me how long like I've been catering right, right, right. <laughs> because I'd have to tell her that, you know, I just started like three weeks ago, right, 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 right. <laughs> not three weeks ago, but, you know, three months ago or so. So, uh, you know, when I put it together, it was just like I took a vacation. I took a week off and I just kind of surrounded myself with people who knew more than me. Yeah. Like, I hired my teacher from culinary school because he was an experienced chef and he was experienced with catering. So I said, look, you're going to be the boss. You're just going to guide me. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Yeah. So I did that. And then what I also did to capture the moment, I hired a photographer to take pictures. And so from that point, I built a website. Yeah. So I had pictures of a real high-end event, a Mercedes 
Mercedes-Benz event. So, you know, everyone wants to see pictures from that. So it was a it was a base to build upon, you know, and then from there, I did such a wonderful job. She asked me to do her Porsche dealership. And then she introduced me to the BMW dealership down the street. She introduced me to the Harley Davidson dealer around the corner and all of these people were having grand openings. So I was able to kind of move into that market you know, pretty smoothly. So dealerships is hot all got started. <laughs> yeah, it was hot. It was hot during that time. Right, right. You know, it was hot during that time. You know, and like any other job or any other profession, there are times when the industry tanks or the market slows down and you really have to reinvent yourself again. Yeah. So, you know, there was a time in the early 2000s where I did, one year I did 45 weddings. Wow. I may have three weddings going on every day, every weekend almost. Yeah. Actually, there was a weekend, maybe it was 2006, I did Kenny Smith's wedding. Okay. And during that wedding, during that weekend, it was a Saturday, I had two other weddings. He was the third wedding. Yeah. Yeah, so it was amazing. And his wedding was 250 people. Uh, the other weddings were like 150 and 75. So they were all big weddings. Yeah. And I made it to each one on time. Everyone was happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a, it was actually a success. So first, my bad. No. But no, first no, no. and foremost. I know, we're, we yeah. both want to dig in on this. Yeah. So first and foremost, I just have to say, I see you're way more than a chef. I didn't know all of this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it sounds like you just took, you were in sales and corporate. I was in sales, yes. So you took all your skills that you got from that and applied right. it to something. And else. even back before then, I was in the United States Marine Corps. Oh, wow. So I had that discipline and that structure. Right. And I came from a family of nine children. Okay. So And raised in Detroit. So, you know, you had to be structured. Yeah, to, to <laughs> me, it strikes me that, that you you put together a killer product, right. first of all. But then you had you you knew how to go get that first deal exactly and you were proactive about it and so many people would just sit back and wait they said well how come i'm not getting deals and you made that mercedes deal happen i made it happen you made it happen and then you had the wherewithal to hire a photographer get all of the stuff that you could put around the images now that you had something to to lean on right and then you built a, a reputation and then the second you have a reputation, then it's on. Mm-hmm. It's on. It's Game on. on. Yeah. You know, and you you know, you're you're building your base and following up with people. And, you know, I must have bugged Jordan about thirty or forty times. I said, eventually he's gonna get tired of me. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that like, true? When can we work no, together? No, no, no. <laughs> but it was yeah, he would just periodically hit me like maybe every two, three months. Like when we first um got linked up. We were thinking about hiring somebody, take care of our young guys, like they're training for the draft and stuff like that. Yeah. So for our audience, uh, JD and his and his dad, you know, they they work with young, uh, prof- you know, uh, NCAA stars that want to make the NBA. Yeah. So there you go. It was that time period, and we were debating: should we do a chef? Should we do a meal service? And um, and just to have a chef. Well, I mean, we were. We we got Louisiana roots. We entertain with food, so you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that's that's all we do, regardless. You know, regardless if it's for a training period, whatever. Like right now, um, planning my sister's graduation party for Pepper from Pepperdine right now. So we always have stuff going on. So 
usually in Michigan we have a chef, so we we needed to have somebody. Just so happens my man is from Detroit, so <laughs> it all works out. It always goes back <laughs> to the D. Family, right? Always yeah. goes back to the D. Yeah, always goes uh, back to the D. So, do you? How, how did you crack athletes? How did you? You mentioned Kenny Smith. Yes, uh, you know I talked about earlier about you know, reinventing yourself. So, yeah, I had all these weddings in 2006, 2007, all of these car dealerships that I was working for. I was doing a lot of cities and municipalities doing catering for them. And then when the recession hit in 2008, all of that stuff went away. But I was fortunate during that time, I met a chef who was actually a, uh, worked for uh, Stefan Marbury. He was his private chef. So I started picking his brain and talking about that. And he was telling me what he was doing with him and three meals a day and so on and so forth. So I started going after that market. So eventually I found a family that I started cooking for in Newport Beach. And then eventually I started working with uh, Fletcher Jones. Fletcher Jones is a car mogul in Southern California. Got the largest Mercedes Benz dealership in the country. You just see his name everywhere, everywhere. Here, here in Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah, he owns about 26 car dealerships, about 14, 15 of them are Mercedes-Benz. So I actually worked with him for about two and a half years, three years. And uh, what I learned about him and his family is that everything had to be organic. Everything had to be all natural, grass-fed, seafood had to be sustainable. Everything that I brought into the house, down to the seasonings, to the oils, to everything had to be organic. So I learned a lot about organic cooking and the value of cooking organic. And I got a chance, like, he was really into protein. He worked out a lot. He was really fit. So I got a chance to see how that affected the body and, you know, how he, you know, flowed after he ate. Because a lot of times when you eat organic, when you eat natural, you can eat a pork chop or you can eat a 22 ounce ribeye, but you don't feel full when you're done. And it just seems like the the nutrients and, and the, the, the things that are in the vegetables and the meat just kind of makes you feel light. It kind of mm -hmm. makes you feel like you can go work out mm -hmm. afterwards. Mm -hmm. So when you work with someone like Fletcher Jones, is that a full-time job? Just that one family? That's a full-time job, yeah. Five days a week, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14 hours a day. So you drop everything. I drop everything. And you just, you just work. Exactly. You know, I'll do catering on the weekends. And, you know, I picked up, you know, a few catering. Like uh, during that time, the NBA All-Star Game was here. So Kenny had a big party in Hollywood. So I actually did his party that, that night. It was about 800 people. So, yeah. So I, I drop a lot of things, but I can't drop everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it sounds like you saw the difference in high quality materials and, and food. Exactly. You did. You really see a difference in high quality uh, food ingredients and, and the results of that. So I started, you know, kind of focusing a lot more on the higher end food, the natural, the organic. Uh, so shortly after leaving Fletcher, I decided to give a restaurant a shot. So I opened a restaurant called Blackburn's Farm to Table. And the whole focus of the restaurant was on healthy, organic, natural, sustainable seafood. Uh -huh. And, you know, it, 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 it really went over really, really well. And um, it was, it opened more doors for me, which is how I got into, you know, cooking with Jared Goff. And, you know, eventually I got a, a hired cooking for the LA Dodgers for their minor league team at Rancho Cucamonga called the Quakes. Um, I ended up, this is, this will be my fifth year working with them, actually. I do all of their home and road games. So I do their pregame, postgame meal. Uh, last year, I started cooking for the uh, visiting teams at Dodger Stadium. Uh, 
because a lot of the, the big push in sports is healthy, yeah. uh, organic. A lot of the uh, nutritionists for the sports teams are pushing healthy, organic, grass-fed, good clean food because they realize the value of it yeah. and the performance behind it. So, what, what happened to the restaurant? Is the restaurant still in existence? I actually closed the restaurant last August. Okay. And the main reason why I closed the restaurant is last year I did about 230 baseball games. So, <laughs> so I've wanted that to be, and, and in addition to the baseball games, I cooked for Jared for a time. So, and I worked in Clay Thompson for a month. So I wanted my focus going forward to be on something that I truly love. And that's working with athletes, working with sports teams and making them better, looking for ways to make them better. So you decide ultimately the restaurant wasn't the right way to express yourself. Exactly. Exactly. What, what's the game plan? Like when you meet a Jared Goff or you meet a Clay Thompson, you sit down, walk us through that first meeting. Like how do you guys game plan or, or make a plan? Sure. You know, I used to say that, um, you know, I would walk in and talk to a client and I would talk about the things that they like, but it's actually easier to talk about the things they don't like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, people can actually express what they don't like better than what they like because mm -hmm. people say, oh, I like everything. But you know, what Jared taught me is that he said, well, I'm going to tell you the things I don't like because that's easier. Mm -hmm. So from that point, we were able to put together, you know, a menu, a program. And yeah, I think that after a couple of times of, uh, of me cooking for someone, they kind of let me run with it. Mm -hmm. So they don't really ask me or tell me what to cook. They'll just say, hey, whatever you cook is great. It's everything I've tasted from you is really good. Mm -hmm. does, the, does the trainer sit down with you at that in this meeting? Or is that something that really, it's just you at that? At it's just really me. You know, uh, there was a time when a nutritionist might come in or a nutritionist will touch bases with me and tell me of a few things that, to add to what I'm cooking to help them out. Uh, but from a one-on-one -on -one standpoint, it doesn't really happen that much because I'm kind of like right in line with what they're looking for. But when I'm working with some of the major league baseball teams, I'll always interact with the nutritionist and they'll give me some suggestions of what to include in their lunch or dinner or their post-game meal, or their batting practice meal, things along that line. Mm -hmm. So on, on a professional level with teams, I'll work more with nutritionists and the trainers and whatnot. But on a one-on-one -on -one basis, I typically don't. Um, but, you know, we don't really have to. Do, do you get put in a position uh, with an athlete where mm, they're not sort of sticking to their diet and you have to, you sort of have to say something or, or is your job just to keep cooking? It, it, it kind of both, you know, like I always feel that, you know, Hey, someone 22, 23, they can have some mac and cheese, you know, they can have some ribs, they can have some gravy and things like that, but it's all a balance, you know? So what I try to do is create like four or five days. We're going to eat good one or two days. We're going to cheat and have what we want. Because, you know, at 23, 24, 25 years old, you're going to burn that off so fast. Mm -hmm. You know, right. you have so much energy, you're working out. And, you know, it's not like when you're 30 or 31 or 32 when your metab metabolism starts to change. Yeah. Is it, is it your job to make sure there's no, like, dessert in the house? You know, I typically don't make dessert, but sometimes they want dessert. Or if I cook for the family, they'll say, hey, can you bring dessert? Yeah, so it's good. You know, you know, like I said, someone 20, 23, 24, they're going to like some chocolate chip right. cookies right, and right, some right, ice cream. Right. You know, I but think that's what makes you like, makes you get retained so much. 
Right. Because you're realistic. You know, so many chefs today are like, you know, you can only eat one piece of rice and, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's not realistic. Like, you right. Know. That's not. That's not. You know, and I just learned that when you crave for something, it's better to have it and get it out of your system yeah. than to nickel and dime it to death, you know, over a two day period. Like even at, even at, you know, now sometimes I crave for stuff. So yeah. I just go do it and just get it out of my system and move on. Have you, have you noticed that, or have you ever had a situation where it was an issue though, in terms of, all right now, like, let me show you, you can't just eat this every day. You can't drink this every day. Do you ever have to do like a learning curve with a guy to like yes. educate them? Yeah. Yes. I would assume. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's funny because when working with the minor league baseball players, you know, they're all 19, 20, 21, 22. And a lot of them often are from, you know, South America, Dominican, Cuba, and you know, they're coming into being on their own for the first time. Mm -hmm. And they're like totally into fast food, right, 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 right. <laughs> which is really funny because you know, they're doing what we did at like 15, 16 years old. But you know, even with them after going crazy with fast food for a while, they'll, they'll come around mm -hmm. and they'll start eating healthy. They'll actually see what the other guys are getting getting from it. And, you know, halfway through the season, they'll start changing up their diets and becoming, you know, more well-rounded like the other players and eliminating the fast food and some of that stuff. So I got a business question for you. As you know, the theme of chance bending is all about entrepreneurship and um, making a way for yourself and doing things. And you obviously are the ultimate entrepreneur. Um, listening to something you mentioned earlier when you said you have to recreate yourself, I think any good entrepreneur knows that's a key to being successful. Over the years, what I would assume that you've had to recreate yourself many times. As, many times. As you've kind of told the story. What What is your view on where you started to today? Like what, what, what are some keys that you think that you did have to recreate? I would assume social media and all this stuff going on now, maybe. I don't know. Right. You know, social media, but more so um, just networking, right. just networking, making contacts, working your contacts. For example, you know, a few years ago when I heard the Rams were going to move to Los Angeles from mm -hmm. San Diego, my goal at the time was to become the Rams chef. Mm -hmm. So I started like monitoring social media. I started calling any and everyone I knew mm -hmm. to find out if they knew someone with the Rams. Do mm -hmm. you know the strength and conditioning coach? Do you know the nutritionist? Mm -hmm. And eventually I found one of the strength and conditioning coaches who referred me to the head trainer who referred me to the nutritionist. 99% of people would not do this no, work. No. Like that, it's plain yeah. and simple. Right. Like that is the dividing line yeah. right there, yeah. what you just said. Right. And, and you know, it's interesting because I, I, was blasting emails. I went on to the Rams website. I mean, I was sending, I didn't know what their email address was, but I started looking like at the fine print and I was able to find the National Association of Football Trainers. Uh -huh. And I saw the email address, right? Yeah. So I just assumed that the email address was let's say, for example, less at LARams.com yeah. or LARamsNFL.com. So I started like sending emails like that. Some of them bounced back. And when they didn't, I figured, hey, I had the right email address. So I just stuck with it. And then eventually I found the trainer, like I said, who referred me to the, the nutritionist. And I developed a relationship with them. So when the Rams first moved out here, 
And I started talking to him and then he said, hey, you know, um, you want to come and work with Jarrett? He's looking for a chef. Mm. And bingo, there it was. I actually cooked for the Rams team a couple of times for the month of September. But, you know, I think Jarrett kind of scooped me up and mm -hmm. said, this is my guy. I was about to say, <laughs> I think that's a better gig than just cooking for the whole team every day. You know, it is, it is, it is, you know, you know, because, you know, like, for example, watching the game last week when they were playing, you develop such a relationship with him and his family that it's almost like you're part of the family. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. You know, the, the chef knows everything. The chef sees everything, you know, within a certain amount of, you know, time while they're there. But you develop and you get to see that person you know, all the time you get to see how they react to certain situations. You get to see them watching ESPN and Stephen A. Smith dogging them out. Yeah. And you see how they react and it, you know, you see it doesn't phase them. So you just get a better insight into their character, yeah. which is really important. I, f I feel like in your business, there's so many different factors that you're managing. Obviously you're well equipped to do it with your background, but, um, Obviously, you're cooking, you're managing relationships, you are dealing with vendors, right. you're dealing with marketing. You're, I mean, you know what right. I'm saying? There's this so many a, things at one time. Yeah. You know, I'm what, like MacGyver. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> what, are the bigger, what are the bigger factors that you have to manage, like, in your business? Well, you know, I, I, as far as bigger factors, I think um, I'm constantly thinking of new opportunities. You know what I mean? Because, you know, something could happen or things can change. So you're constantly like, you know, as I talked earlier about building up your funnel, you're constantly looking for things to add to your funnel. And then at the same time, with as much as I do, you know, I have two or three chefs working with me. So I want to make sure that they're on board with what I'm doing. So the biggest thing is that making sure everything is cooked the same way that we're all following the same recipes you ever go to a restaurant and you have a steak with uh like a let's say a marinara sauce and you this is really good you go back three weeks later and it's different you know what i mean so like i want to prevent that so i want to make sure that whether i cook or one of my other chefs cook everything is the same every time we're all following the same recipes the same guidelines and that sort of thing. So the the way you've been able to scale, you actually have chefs underneath you. Is that the way? That's why you're always looking for new deals because, you know, if you sign with you sign a deal with Jared Goff, then like you're off the table. But it sounds like this is the way that you keep creating new business. Exactly. Exactly. Although I'm the only one that cooks for Jared. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Excellent. Okay. So you're the only one that that cooks for Jared. Right. However, your group of of chefs you take on new deals. Right. So they may help me with baseball. They may help me with, you know, catering. Uh, they may help me with other, other jobs. So they, you know, because I have good people working with me, it enable it frees me up to do other things and to focus, uh, and to make sure that they're focused, you know, and the most important thing is consistency of the food, uh, your vendors and things like that, the product. So you never want to have a crappy product, an inferior product. So most of the vendors that I use, I've been using for 10, 15 years or so. So I know the quality is always going to be right on point. When did you make the transition to LA? I 
came to LA after high school. I joined the Marines. Oh, okay, okay. And got my discharge out here, stayed here and went to college, dabbled in a little football and sports, and then finished up school, stayed in California, and then worked in corporate, and then eventually moved into what I'm doing now. Okay, okay, I got you. It's an incredible story. Do you have any any advice for for our audience if they're thinking about, you know, trying to get into to uh, working with athletes or uh, working in your field? Do you do you have any advice or suggestions for them here in 2019? Yeah, you know, the main thing is just have a plan, work your plan, and stay true true to your plan. But you know, uh, um, always always just be passionate about your work. Just be passionate. You know, I'm very passionate about my work. And, you know, when I'm cooking for someone and I finish doing the meal for them and I'm like peeking around the corner to see if they're smiling, see if they're happy, you know, and I can see that, then that kind of makes me happy. Mm -hmm. Just, just be really passionate about your work, just with anything. It's a craft, it's an art, you know, whether you're a baseball player, be passionate about baseball you know, show up on time, show up early, get in the extra work. You know, I'm constantly getting in the extra work. I'm constantly learning. I get probably seven, eight, nine emails a day from different learning sources, mm -hmm. whether it be different uh, uh, um, recipes or, you know, different websites where chefs network together and share ideas and things like that. So I'm always constantly looking to improve no matter what I have, no matter what level I'm on, I'm always looking to make myself better. Mm -hmm. And that's most important. Mm -hmm. you, you, the minute you get satisfied, the game is over. I'm gonna steal one of Ben's famous questions for Chance Bender. <laughs> um, what's next for Chef Bill Blackburn in 2019? You know, I'm gonna continue doing what I'm doing. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna make it better. Yeah. You know, I want, uh, you know, I get a lot of joy and like my first year cooking for the Dodgers minor league team, they won the championship. So it had to be the food. Right, right, right. <laughs> I cook for John Carlos Stanton and he wins the MVP. Yeah. It had to be the food. Right, 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 right. You know, uh, I got a call and uh, right after the Rams got off to a great start from uh, Clay's brother, Michael. And he said, man, I don't know what you're putting in Jared's food, but send some of that up here for Clay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I want to make sure that, that the people I cook for, that I'm maximizing their performance. It's just, you know, they're, I mean, they're great athletes and you're just a little part yeah. of what they're doing, but you want to make sure your part is on point. Yeah. I want to make sure like if I'm working with you and I'm working with the guys coming into the NBA uh, and trying to get ready for camp, I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to make them better, you know, whether it be, you know, performance enhancing food, you know, like lean chicken, broccoli before they go work out, vegetables, pasta, things like that to give them the edge through food. That's what I want to do. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> this was so, oh, last question. What's Jared Goff eating once he wins the Super Bowl MVP? <laughs> what, what meal are you going to make for him when you sit down and you all celebrate? Shrimp, crab, and lobster mac and cheese. Okay. Oh, man, that sounds so good. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> uh, well, this has been a pleasure today. It's, it's so it's good to, to, to better understand your process, how you think about things, 
And it sounds like, uh, uh, pun intended, that you just you have the the winning recipe. To I mean, you, you just continue to 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 make joy and and do great stuff. So thank you. Thank you very much. It's appreciate it, man. Yeah, appreciate yeah, it. yeah. yeah this you. has been a good one. Absolutely. So, um, all right. Until then.